It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, a part of the Onside Kick. I want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast yet again here on Most Valuable Podcast. I am joined, as I am every week, by the one, the only, the Mark Weber, Dub Vemmies. And Mark, we got a special, a special treat. It's after Halloween when we're recording it. No tricks today, only treats. We don't have Brandon, we don't have Sean, no Dave, no Mike, but a special guest in TK Goldsmith from the I Need a Mulligan podcast. TK, how's it going? And I'm just going to ask you, tell the fans a little bit about yourself to introduce yourself. Yeah, man, it's going good. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Uh, tell the fans a little bit about yourself and especially the I Need a Mulligan podcast. Yeah, yeah. We um, started the I Need a Mulligan podcast back in, in June. Th- this year we're on uh, episode 17. Now, I know you're probably thinking I Need a Mulligan. It's a podcast about golf, but, but that's, not the, that's definitely not the case. You know, we talk about several different sports besides golf. You know, we talk football, basketball, mixed martial arts health and wellness, coaching, motivating. And then at the beginning of every podcast, we talk about bourbon, scotch, and beer. Because what goes better with sporting events than, you know, a nice adult beverage, am I right? Uh, so, so we talk about that. And then at the end of every podcast, we have an I Need a Mulligan moment of the podcast where we talk about second chances and do-overs. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's serious. Just kind of depends, depends on the topic. So... Definitely go check it out. It's at INeedAMulligan.co. That's our website. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, right there from the website. So go check it out. And, again, thanks for having me on the Onside Kick, brother. Oh, no problem. And the one thing I will say is just from me listening when TK emailed us was I listened to just that first one. And the best part of the I Need a Mulligan podcast is whenever you do have a mess up, it's like, I need a mulligan. And then you just go right into it. The best shtick that I've ever, like, listened to for a podcast that goes along with the name. But we are glad to have TK on the show. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys, as we always do. Going to be talking some trade deadline winners and losers, although not a lot happened. So we'll try to pick the winners and losers that we saw from the action that didn't happen. Then we're going to continue a conversation that Sean and I had last week about the MVP. We're going to add a candidate in Derek Carr this week and kind of go over whether or not he should be in the MVP discussion. Then we're going to end the podcast with a biased segment between Mark, TK, and myself being Viking, Bear, and Packer fans in the reverse order of how I said our names. We're just going to look at what the hell is going on with the NFC North after week number eight but guys looking at the nfl trade deadline tk you're our guest so i'm going to kick it over to you first with a winner i'm going to throw you a winner and a loser and let you pick which one you want to talk about first 
we have a clear winner to me in the New England Patriots getting rid of Jamie Collins. But then we got a clear loser in Jamie Collins who he went to bed 7-1 and one and then woke up 0-8. <laughs> yeah, I, if I was Jamie Collins, I don't think I'd want to be on board with that one. But, you know, it is what it is. He wanted to get his money. So, so you know, he, he decided that, that – you know, he probably needs to be shipped off, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the loser side and being a Packers fan, I want to, I want to bring them up because I think, you know, I wish they would have went out and really looked for a running back before the trade deadline. I know they tried to go after Niles Davis and, and, you know, they, they got him and they brought him in and, and unfortunately that didn't work out for them. And, and I, you know, I can, go a couple different reasons why that happened but I think the main thing is you know he just comes in too late you know the Packers offense the way that it's set up you know you need to be in the system in order to really fine-tune you know how you're going to be able to play your role in that system and I just don't think he had enough time to get in there and and, you know kind of get settled and and be comfortable in their system and you know with that being said I, I you know I'm really really frustrated with the fact that they couldn't bring in you know somebody to help out that running game yeah and it's it's unfortunate because the so obviously uh we'll we'll get to the nfc north but with the the packers kind of getting hot and the vikings getting a little cold right now it's prime for them to take it and one of those things like you know it's just an obvious situation of they need some help at running back i think that the denver broncos are exactly in the same situation of they need some help at the running back position now due to injury, and neither one of these teams went out and even tried that hard to get much of anything. So to to not get something, to just kind of hope that you're going to pick up some random guy who's sitting at home right now uh, and hope that he's going to come in and be able to make a difference for your team, it's not a good situation. And fortunately for the Broncos, they got that good defense. They're going to hold up pretty well. Unfortunately for the Packers, their defense is a good defense, but it's not going to have that same level, and you're just kind of falling into the same situation. You know, Ricky and I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago now, but when you just try and put everything on Andrew Luck or put everything in this situation on Aaron Rodgers, the guy can't do it on his own. He needs some help. He needs some support. You know, a big reason why the Green Bay Packers won their Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers is because of the run game. So And since then, they really haven't had too much of a run game. It just doesn't make sense. It seems clear. It seems obvious. Uh, I don't really see, besides the fact that Ted Thompson doesn't want to do it, I don't see a reason why you can't go out there and try and make something happen. Well, and the yeah, one, he's, he, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The Rick. one thing, and I am going to throw it to you, TK. I just wanted to say one thing and then throw it to you because you are the Packer fan. I think about what, Mark, you said when we had our last Packer discussion. We were talking about the... Aaron Rodgers and the struggles with the offense and Mark brought up the point of you got Ted Thompson who he's the kind of guy where it's like we want our guys we come in they're homegrown we don't make trades we don't go out and get many people and bring them in and I thought that this was a prime position where it's like you have to go out and get someone because Mark's talking about you need to get Aaron Rodgers help TK I'm going to throw it to you though because you are the Packer fan I want to get to know as a Packer fan are you a hundred percent okay with that philosophy of we're going to bring guys in we're going to home grow them and they're going to be our guys or were you sitting there going you know what let's go out and get someone let's change the philosophy a little bit uh, I'm going to go with the uh, politically correct answer here <laughs> and say both <laughs> um, but I 
No, I, I like, you know, my background, you know, I have 12 years of coaching at the high school level. I coached football, basketball, track. I like the idea of doing the homegrown thing because, you know, especially if they're going to stay with like a Mike McCarthy, you know, cause you know, you could think about moving him along just based on, you know, how things are going there. But if you're looking at it strictly from, you know, the Ted Thompson point of view or the front office point of view, you know, you're bringing those guys in that, you know, that you can coach them and coach to your style of football. And I like, I, I like that idea, but there's always going to be special situations. And, you know, if, if there's ever a time that he needed to pull the trigger and help out this team and help out his franchise quarterback and make sure that Aaron Rodgers is fully invested or to make sure that Ted Thompson knows that Aaron Rodgers is fully invested and, and, you know, go out and get that running game that he desperately needs in order to keep that timing of the offense there. Well, and one thing I want to move over to, because we got a ton of teams to talk about in the short amount of time that we have for this segment is over to the AFC and a winner is to me the New England Patriots because I know I mentioned it as a joke with the Jamie Collins thing. Oh, we went to bed one and seven, woke up zero and eight. But you got to look at the Patriots in this one. They have to be winners of the trade deadline because although they didn't do much, and I know our own Sean Anderson, who is, he, let's be honest, he's only a Patriot fan because he loves Tom Brady. But he woke up and was like, "What the hell are you doing? Getting a conditional third?" for one of the best outside linebackers in the league. And when you look at it, I explained it. I tried to explain to it to Sean in our group text message that we have between us. You look at it and it's not that confusing why the Patriots made that move because you have a guy like Collins wanted apparently, and I'm using air quotes, Von Miller money. And Bill Belichick went, no, we ain't going to pay you. We'll ship you off to the Browns, who will take pretty much anyone at this point. And you look at the trade that they made a few days before this. They bring in a guy from um, the Lions in Kyle Van Noy, where it's like he's an underperformer, but he's an outside linebacker. You got a little bit of control over him. He's got not just this season, but next season. And after next season, he's probably not going to be asking for Von Miller money. The only thing which is the big thing to lean on in this is that means, and looking at the depth chart for the Patriots, that means on the weak side linebacker, that means your guys are now Shea McQuellen and Kyle Van Noy. One of them has to step up, and it's probably not going to be Shea McQuellen. Yeah, McQuellen is not good. (laughs) Is not good. Uh, I think everybody everybody on this podcast can agree on that. Uh, Agree. So, but here's the here's the thing for me on that one. I I am on the same uh, the same side as Sean on this one. Sean Anderson. Uh, I it makes no sense to me because the Patriots were most likely going to get a third round pick out of him when he leaves anyways um, on a compensation. Mm-hmm. So they were going to get it anyways. So unless they were going to get a second, a first round pick or something like that, it wasn't really worthwhile. At least you have a guy there who can help you get to the Super Bowl, help you win a Super Bowl. Because he was a good player. He was a really good player. It seemed like there's some disagreements, some issues maybe in the locker room. Uh, but what it really comes down to is you guys were winning games. And you, you're not really getting much. Unless they really thought in a week or two we're cutting this guy. 
that's how bad it's getting. Um, or do you think it was maybe Bill going, hey, you know what? You want Von Miller money? I'll send you to the darkest place in the NFL, Cleveland. But that's just a petty move. It's dumb. Do it's, you look at Bill Belichick and maybe think that it's not above him, though? No, I think I usually <laughs> think of Bill Belichick, uh, you know, being the I do what is best for my team right now kind of guy. And this did not make sense as being best for the team in any way, shape, or form. Well, it puts a lot of pressure on Kyle Van Noy. Mm-hmm. To be the guy where it's like you, you got to step up a little bit because he folds under pressure pretty well. And if I look at all the outside linebackers, you've got Shea, you've got Kyle, and then you've got Mar- Barcavius Mingo. Right now, those are your outside linebackers. And I mean, maybe it's the Patriot way where next man up and just do your job. And maybe Van Noy comes in and just does his job and flourishes. In New England, maybe Tom Brady doesn't need the defense to do much because he's going to carry the team to the Super Bowl. You don't really know. And with the Patriots 7-1, and one, I think this is a move where it was, yeah, could you have maybe gotten more out of it? But why not know, say, hey, this is what I want. At least I know what I'm getting. Then, like you said, he walks to a team, and then you're getting a compensational pick from a team that's better than the Browns, so the pick is going to be different. I say the Patriots are a winner with this one. TK, let's put it to you. Give us another winner or loser. Yeah, no, I, I actually I want to stay with I want to stay with the Patriots and I kind of want to take it maybe even a step further. You guys kind of mentioned it and and we talked a little bit about it with the Packers too. You know, the Patriots are an org organization. One organization they they believe in what they're doing from the top down and everybody has to be on board. Mm -hmm. And what I really think happened here is probably some behind the door, you know, closed door discussions with, with Collins and and the front office. And, you know, I don't think he was 100% on board with, you know, what was going on over there. And when that happens in a Belichick type team, it's, it's not going to fly. And, you know, that's the one thing I'm not a huge Patriots fan by, by any stretch of the means, but when it comes to Bill Belichick, I respect the hell out of him in terms of the fact that he believes in what he's doing and no one person is going to veer away from that. And I think that's what happened here. And, you know, he's going to stick to his guns and, and he, and he shipped him on and the, the coaches that they have over there are going to make sure that Van Noy is at the top of his game when, when the time comes. Well, and that's it. Like the thing with the Patriots that makes them so good. It's yeah. You have like Sean will bring up, Oh, they've got Tom Brady. Of course they're going to be good. But like you said, TK, they are an organization where the message comes from the top. It comes from that Roger Kraft, um, Belichick bond. And it's just basically you're either with us or you're not. And how many times have we seen the Patriots? Oh, you're not with us? We're going to ship you away. Randy Moss being one of them in the past. They They trade for him. Then when he's not with the plan, talking to the media too much, not being the Patriot way, and I'm kind of, extending that phrase a little bit to just cover everything that being a Patriot means, what do they do? They ship them off and they say, bye-bye, you're not our problem anymore. Same thing like TK was saying. 
could have been happening right now. Yeah, it's definitely right. possible. And, yeah, and and I I could almost guarantee this this would never happen, but I guarantee if Tom Brady came in and said, "Hey, I'm the MVP of the league. I, I know what I'm talking about. Let's change the offense. This is my team." you know so on and so forth i guarantee belichick would be like nah, you need there's the door i mean th- that's just the type of guy that he is mm-hmm. it's either it's not like i don't want to say it's his way or the highway but it's kind of his way or the highway um one guy i do want to throw out and i'm only throwing this out to you guys because he's the first guy that espn lists on their winners for the trade winners for this trade deadline i want to get what you guys think Chip Kelly of the 49ers. They list as a winner on ESPN. I mean, my 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 issue with it really is I mean, yes, sure you can become a winner by not really doing anything. Uh but the situation of the 49ers did not improve. I mean, sure they're saying, "Yeah, you guys didn't get rid of Torrey Smith. You didn't trade him off anywhere. So you're off uh your wide receiver is they're not complete shit now." Uh but Torrey Smith I mean, it's not like he's doing amazing things out there. There's a reason why the San Francisco 49ers are, you know, typically the 31st team in power rankings. They're not a good team. If anything, cool, you get rid of Torrey Smith. He's probably not going to be around for too much longer on this team anyways. Great. Now you're competing, really competing for that number one overall pick with the Cleveland Browns, who just got a little bit better of a defense. Maybe, hey, you can get that best player available for yourself for Chip Kelly and maybe he can get something that makes him a little bit happy and kind of, you know, can develop his Chip Kelly system over here in the Bay Area. I just can't really say that they won just because nobody was interested in your wide receiver that, you know, passed his prime. Yeah, the one thing that, I mean, it's it's difficult because Chip Kelly, you're in that first year with the 49ers. It's do you hang on to a guy and say, okay, our wide receivers aren't complete crap. We've got a guy. Or is it, you know what, I have to go make a move. I have to go make a big splash. But if you do that, is the fan base going to say, you know what, we shouldn't have made that move. We should have hung on to Torrey Smith because, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And it, I think it might have come down to Chip Kelly thinking, do I go out and make a move and kind of get less return than I really want for a guy just because I feel like I have to make a move? Or do I hang on to him and maybe keep my job? Because in in this NFL, it's such a success now league, and we've seen it in Cleveland. People, There's a reason why you and me, Mark, use the phrase chutted when it comes to NFL head coaches because anyone can get fired after their first year especially when you're on the Cleveland Browns because that's where it happened. I want to bring up two teams that I think are definite losers because they were in a deal together and it didn't get done. To me, the Jets and the Cowboys completely failed, completely failed this trade deadline because there was a deal for that would have sent Sheldon um, Richardson from the Jets to Dallas, but Dallas didn't believe they were getting enough return for Sheldon Richardson. And part of me looks at it and goes, okay, I I get where you're coming from, Dallas. You're sitting there pretty at the top of the NFC East. You're doing well with your nice, shiny new toy 
Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones is going on the radio in Dallas and saying, you know what, I'm not quite committing to Tony Romo when the team comes back for our next game. But this is a deal you had to get done. You had to get help for that pass rush to make sure that defense is more solidified for when you go and play more games, maybe make life a little easier for that nice and shiny new toy in Dak Prescott. TK, what are you thinking? I I mean, I, I agree with you to, to a certain extent. I think I, I really, my gut tells me here that you got to stay conservative. I think they have a good thing going. I don't know you know, what the, what the terms were, or who, who they were going to get in, in return. I, I, I mean, I like, I, I think they have a decent defense. I mean, they're going to rely on the running game I, and they're going to control the clock. I don't necessarily think that they needed to spend a lot or, or move a lot to get a pass rusher. You know, that's, that's just my initial gut. I mean, you you know, you're sitting, what are they six and one right now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's just something that, you know, I, I have that conservative gene in me, <laughs> being, a, being a coach. And I, I, w- I would have probably, I probably would have sat on it too. Yeah, I don't actually have a problem with, uh, with Dallas not pulling the trigger. Uh, mostly because, you know, your team is good right now. Uh, you have your, your couple of hot rookies out there. At the same time, I think realistic expectations for the Cowboys is we don't think we're going to probably, I mean, sure, we hope, you know, we're six and one right now, but there's a good chance we're not winning a Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. So let's keep some of those picks and let's keep building this young team because they've been drafting really well these past few years. So uh, then when you look at the defense, they're not a bad defense. I mean, in your, your total defense ranking, they're like ninth, tenth. They're not a bad team defensively because Ezekiel Elliott is running the ball so well. So the defense doesn't have to be on the field. And if that's the game plan, if that's the strategy to just pound the ball, let's run, let's make smart decisions with Dak Prescott. He doesn't throw that many interceptions. I think he's at, what, four now, Mm -hmm. four interceptions. Uh, So if we're being smart, we're keeping the offense on the field, keeping the defense off, you really don't necessarily need that pass rusher because you're going to control the game. Uh, and then your defense is going to be better just because they're more rested. Where the opposing defense, not going to be good because they're on the field so much. Well, and the only reason why, the only reason why I sit here and go, man, that Sheldon Richardson would have been nice is, yeah, right now you're six and one. But I look at the stats defensively, and the big one that jumps out to me is the sack number for quarterbacks. And right now Dallas tied for 27th in the league with only 11. The only team that has less than 11 sacks, the Oakland Raiders, who only have nine on the year. And it's not one of those things where I sit there and go, okay, what are you looking at the rest of your way in the schedule? Because that's important, but to me, I look ahead. I'm always a look-aheader, and I look ahead to the playoffs and the teams you might see. Right now, if I just look at the division winners as of right now, the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Seahawks all have quarterbacks that you need to get after, especially the Vikings. Bears showed it. Eagles showed mm-hmm. it. You get to Sam Bradford, you're going to win the game. But you list two teams that have terrible offensive lines. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys feel like, yeah, we can get to those quarterbacks just fine. But what about the Falcons? What about it? And this is mm-hmm. the beauty of Week 8. What if the Packers are now the team? Are you confident that, that, can, that this defensive line right now 
can get to an Aaron Rodgers. But Rod Marianelli knows how to play Aaron Rodgers. So they're probably feeling pretty confident against Aaron Rodgers, too. The man's had a lot of experience against him. I just think that the Dallas Cowboys feel good about where they're at. But with this being said, I think when we do get to draft, uh, you know, expect one of those pass rushers to go to Dallas pretty quickly. Well, a Miles. That's definitely going to have to go in that direction. I was going to say a Miles Garrett would have been great, but they're not going to be that high to get Miles Garrett. But hey, be- there's still time before we. <laughs> what do you think they're just going <laughs> to lose? The second half of their season's pretty tough. <laughs> you never know. Well, let, let's hope the Vikings can get a win against. Uh, I don't know Dallas why we would do that. I don't know if we'll ever get a win after the last two games. But before we move on to our Derek Carr discussion with either Mark TK, are there any teams or players or coaches? that we left off winners or losers that you guys are like, man, I wish we would have touched these guys. Um, I don't really think there's anyone else. It was not really an exciting trade deadline. I mean, there's plenty of teams within divisions that are like, yes, that didn't happen. We're doing well. I guess the only thing I can say, it's not a surprise, but Seattle Seahawks and Minnesota Vikings could use a lot of offensive line help. Uh, and neither, neither team of them had went any. For Joe Thomas. Neither neither team had any way of possibly making it happen though, because they don't have any cap room. Plain and simple. Well, and we kind of already sent our picks for Sam Bradford. You guys are done with picks now. Yeah. TK, how about you? Anything that we missed oh, in I'm, this discussion? I don't think so, man. I think we I think we touched on it. I'm I'm ready to get into this Derek Carr fiasco. Okay, then that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Before we do though, this is where I turn it on to you guys as always. Let us know. Down below in the comment section, whether you're on Blog Talk Radio or YouTube, let us know your winners and losers. What do you think of any of the winners and losers that we brought up today in the podcast? We're going to move on. We're going to go into this Derek Carr discussion. And really, to be honest, we're mainly having this discussion because of the huge, not only has Derek Carr been good this season, but this past week he was really, really good. Not turning over the ball, I believe, what, Three or four touchdowns, 400 yards in the game, really good. I'll just throw it to you guys. Do you think Derek Carr should be in the MVP discussion midway through the season? I would say he definitely needs to be in the conversation. Uh, and a, a big part of that really is how he is driving this team forward. You know, he is a... I mean, he's a quarterback, so obviously he's got a lot of control over this team. Uh, but I would say that the the Oakland Raiders aren't a bad team. They're not a great team, though. They're pretty average trending up mm-hmm. right now. But Derek Carr is that guy who is pushing this team forward, and he's pushing them forward with a fantastic passer rating, not turning the ball over, getting those touchdowns. And, yeah, he's got some good weapons there, Crabtree and Amari Cooper to throw the ball to. But he is that guy who is taking control. And it's always nice to be in that situation where you see a young quarterback turn that corner and say, this is now my team. I am now in control. And this is my offense. Here's what I can do. And that's the situation that we're in Derek Carr. You know, we a lot of people were expecting this to be Blake Bortles' breakout year. And how did that go? But no, you know, not as many people were talking about Derek Carr's breakout year. This is his coming out party right now. Uh, and really, you could, you know, talk about this game with Tampa Bay as the coming out party, mm-hmm. where he goes out there, gets over 500 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He has kind of made his announcement that I am here 
the Raiders are a real team again, and it's because of me. I'm the one who's making this team go forward. I'm the one who's pushing them forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, honestly, I think it's a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air in terms of, you know, young quarterbacks that come into a league, they come into a shitty team, and, you know, they just kind of get thrown to the wolves, and then, you know, mentally, they just never recover. And, you know, Derek Carr right now is an exception to that rule. You know, he's been able to overcome adversity, you know, really, really hone in his skills and, and you know, learn, learn the offense and, you know, figure out his reads and, and play the type of game that he knows that he's capable of playing. And, and now we're seeing it. And, and it's, it's fun to watch. I think I definitely think he needs to be in the MVP discussion right now. You know, we'll see we'll see how it goes as the season progresses here. But again, I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's good to see a young quarterback that kind of took his bruises, took took his lumps early on in his career, and then was able to overcome that, and then and then become you know maybe an elite passer or an elite quarterback in the league moving forward here. Well, I'm going to piggyback off of UTK where I totally agree with you he needs to be in the MVP discussion and the first thing I thought like I have this thought whenever we talk about the Raiders and I go back to it was their win in New Orleans week number one and I was watching NFL Red Zone and they did one of those like locker room live in let's listen in what's going on after the win and They got on mic, they got on camera, something that Blackjack Del Rio um, had said after the game, and it stuck with me this whole season because it's kind of being true. And he goes, you know what, last season was the year where we kind of learned how to play. We learned how to, like, stay in games. Well, guys, this is the year where we learn how to win. And they're pulling out games. You have that close game in New Orleans. You have the close game in Tennessee, the close one in Baltimore, close one against the Chargers, and then the overtime win at Tampa Bay. And a lot of people would sit there and look at that and say, well, Ricky, they're not that good of a team. They're just lucky. Where I look at it and I go, you know what? I rather, like, with a team like this, it's a good sign. And you want to know why they're winning these games? Because they have a guy like Derek Carr. One of the guys that I brought up last week when me and Sean talked about the MVP was I brought up Matthew Stafford. And the reason why I did was you look at some of the games that the Lions have won. I know it's less than what the Raiders have won, but they had been come back. Like he had taken the game over. Well, Derek Carr's done it a lot more mm-hmm. than Matthew Stafford has. And for a young quarterback to take over the game... That's what a quarterback is supposed to do. Yeah. A quarterback is supposed to be the guy where, you know what, give me the ball. It was, I want to say it was that Charger game. He was getting ready to go out there. To, okay, we're going to win the game. And then the Chargers had a mishap, and he didn't have to. Where he was ready to say, you know what, I'm going to win this game. And that is the best quality of mm-hmm. Derek Carr. That right now, if the game's on a line, two-minute warning, we're down by a, a score, I want Derek Carr as my quarterback. Yeah, and the, you're you're talking about those close games. You know, they've won five games by a touchdown or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the thing that I like to see with a team is you don't have to be 
the best team. You don't have to be the Patriots right now to be the MVP. Mm-hmm. You need to be the most valuable player on your team. And Derek Carr is the guy who's driving this team forward. You know, just to throw Sean under the bus here, Tom Brady cannot be the MVP, Sean. <laughs> he can't. He can't. The team was just fine without him. They were 3-1 and one without him. They can't be an MVP. This Raiders team is nothing without Derek Carr, just like the Atlanta Falcons would be nothing without Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. a guy who also deserves more respect in the MVP conversation. But it's just one of those situations where you can actually see the return on investment here. Uh, you know, you can see how much better Derek Carr being on the field makes the Oakland Raiders, how much better they're playing with him as part of the team. This is your true franchise quarterback. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people probably didn't expect it coming out of, you know, what was it, second round for him? Uh, coming out of the second round for Derek Carr. But, second round fourth pick, yep. Yeah, so this is exactly what you want. The Raiders, you know, it's looking like a steal. He He's looking really, really impressive. I mean, second round, it's not like, you know, it's not a joke. It's not like we're talking about sixth round here. I mean, what was it? Russell Wilson was a third-round pick? Yeah. So, yeah. but still, you're, you're looking at this guy, and he's really stepping up. He's really making his name for himself. And I, I, he probably isn't going to win the MVP in all reality, but he's definitely a guy who who deserves it right now. Just to note the, what, three quarterbacks went above him. Blake Bortles struggling. Johnny Manziel not in the league. The only one that would have, I'm going to say, I don't want to say rival him, but I feel like it's unfair to cast him aside because of what happened um, this offseason, but Teddy Bridgewater, those are the three quarterbacks His career's over, that though. were drafted. Yeah, but it was an injury. It wasn't like yeah. he couldn't play the game of football. That's what I'm trying to say. But those were the quarterbacks ahead of him. And I just, this is a guy where coming out, I knew he, like, I had this inkling where I'm like, he's going to be special, but I never thought he would be. And I mean, it's early. It's really early to say, oh, well, he's special because really, what has he done? He's had a few good games. It's not like he's won a Super Bowl. He's brought the Raiders to an AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. But, but he really, he really he's is. He's really that definition of your franchise quarterback right now. Yeah. He's coming up in much like, uh, you know, the Vikings fans were saying Teddy. just last year. You're saying, hey, we know we've got our guy and we mm-hmm. know we've got him for the next eight, nine 10 years, whatever it might be, we know we've got this locked up. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about a quarterback anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing. When, when, when these guys are coming out of the league, you can't put you know, a price tag or you know, a number on mental toughness. And you know, right now, Derek Carr is the epitome of mental toughness and, and overcoming adversity. And you know, his teammates are going to start to look at him and say, okay, I'm struggling. How did he get through it? And he really is, you know, kind of go back to your guys' point, he really is going to be a true leader moving forward just based on the experiences that, that he has had up to this point. Well, and I mean, I look at this. He, like, in the leader thing, you hear it all the time whenever they talk about Derek Carr, how he's already a born leader on that team. But how many times have we seen quarterbacks come into the league Go exactly like Derek Carr did. His team went three and thirteen his first year in the league, and right away, right away, we go get him out of here. He's not good. The team's not good. 
No, the Raiders actually stuck with him. You get three wins his first year. Then the second year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins last year. We wanted to throw him a parade mark because they yeah. finally got over six wins. <laughs> and then this year, it's like you're already eight games into the year and you're six and two. You win at Denver this week, you could go into the bye at seven and two. As a division uh, leader, too. Division leader, and really, I hope they do go seven and two because then it makes me look like a genius for having them playing the Patriots in the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, next next week against the Broncos, I mean, we're going to see. I think we're truly going to see whether or not he's an MVP caliber quarterback that that a lot of people out there are talking about. I mean, because the you guys obviously we all know how good the the defense is over there with the Broncos. So so it'll be interesting to see what happens next week and then how how he overcomes that and how he kind of plays moving forward after that after that game next week. Well, and okay, we're going to kind of move on. But before we do, TK, Mark, is there anything with the Derek Carr discussion that we didn't hit when it comes to Derek Carr and the MVP? Just going to say crown his ass. Mark saying (laughs) make him the MVP. TK, how about you? Anything we missed? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're we're good. Okay, we are going to, before we move on, like I do all the time, I end a segment. You guys let us know down below what you guys think. Is Derek Carr an MVP? Can Tom Brady, I want want to ask that question, what Sean, or not Sean, what Mark just brought up in this segment, can Tom Brady, should he just be disqualified because he missed the first four games of the season? Let us know about anything we talked about with this discussion. It's not that he missed the four games, it's that his team was still successful without him. Well, they have their... They have the guy that's ready to take over. (laughs) There you go. Jimmy Garoppolo is ready to take over for Tom Brady. I'm just saying. But the last, the last topic we're going to talk about is kind of a homer topic for all of us. TK being a Packers fan, Mark's the Bears fan. I'm the Vikings fan. Really, this segment's going to be the worst for me. I wish I had a rum and Dr Pepper next to me so I could just drink during this entire segment and just kind of wash away my sorrows because uh, it, it looks like my I'm a Cub fan, so it, I panic about everything. It looks like uh, this division's kind of getting away from us, and uh, the Packers will soon again have the division before uh, the end of time. But, guys, what's what's going on in the NFC? This was a division that I thought we didn't have locked up, but we looked like we had a pretty good control over it, and now we let Jay Cutler torch us? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he looked like he looked like a totally. I mean, literally, he looked like a totally different quarterback last night. I mean, you know, normally he's shrugging his shoulders and doing that little twitch thing, and and doesn't look like he's having fun out there. And and last night he did. I know, Mark, you're you're more of a uh, Bears fan than I am, so you know, give us give us your insight on that. But I mean, what did you think? You know, mm-hmm. you followed the Bears quite a bit. I mean, did you think? That his demeanor and kind of the way that he looked on the field last night, that it was it was a different Jay Cutler? I think he came in a little bit more carefree. And I think that's a that's a big thing. You mentioned the having fun. Uh, a lot of times when a team is struggling, a big part of it is they're not enjoying themselves out there. And they it's just it's not an enjoyable experience being on the field, and that brings down the morale of the team. Uh, so I think this situation with Jay Cutler coming in there and saying, hey, I'm probably done. The team probably doesn't care. Uh, whatever. Let me just go out there and, and give it all I got. 
And then you could go in there with the defeatist attitude of whatever. I'll just throw it up and we'll, let me just get back home on the couch with Kristen. Uh, did you see what she did, by the way? On told Twitter? everybody to shut well, up. Did you? If you guys haven't known, she tweeted at. I guess this was after the game. It had to be. Can everyone shut up now? Winky face, tongue right? out emoji. Uh, it, it's just fun it's though. One, it's one game, sweetheart. It's one game. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just fun because you know Jay Cutler is this guy who is so. It's the roller coaster, you know, from watching him play, from mm-hmm. the media's reaction to him. One minute he's that t- he's the toughest competitor, you know. You know that you can count on Jay Cutler, and then he throws an interception. Everyone's like, man, he's the worst quarterback in the whole NFL. Uh, it's it's the up and down, really. To me, I think it just came down to he said, whatever, I don't care. I'm probably off this team anyways, you know, after this season. So let me just go out there and have some fun. Well, and I mean, and the one thing I do want to say is let's not get ahead of ourselves, Bears fans, because there was a play from last night's game where mm-hmm. it, the way it was described in the title was the Bears 2016 season summed up in one play. The doink play. And it was where Alshon didn't even turn his head around, ball mm-hmm. hits him in the helmet, and then he falls over one of our defenders. There was a lot of... Uh, I don't want to call it growing pains because that's not right. A lot of shaking off the rust for for the player, and it, it looked bad at first. Um, fortunately, Jordan Howard uh, is trying to prove that he's the real deal, so he did a lot out there. Uh, but definitely a lot of shaking off the rust. And Alshon Jeffrey hasn't been that great this season either. So you know, people look at that play and they kind of laugh about it because Jay Cutler threw it at his head, and they're saying, "Hey, I didn't know he was that accurate." Uh, but you know, it's. The summary of the whole team is, yeah, we're just, you know, not having that great of a season. Well, and I didn't, with that game last night, I don't want to give, is it because I kind of don't think he's a good quarterback and I think the Bears should move on? Yes. But I don't want to give Jay Cutler a ton of credit because let's be honest, that defense did, the, the defense did in our keys video what I told them they needed to do in order to beat us. They got after Mm-hmm. Sam Bradford. If I yeah. I said five sacks or more, we lose that game. He had he was sacked six times against the Eagles, five times against the Bears. If he's getting sacked that much, we ain't gonna win. If he's getting sacked that much, I'm surprised he's still healthy because we know his injury history. <laughs> it's one of those things where this was the worst nightmare for me personified. Mm. It's like if we can't protect him, it doesn't matter how many points. The defense yeah. lets the other team put up because honestly, 20, 20 points by the Bears, that's not horrible. That's only three more than our season average. Mm-hmm. I mean, 17 was what we were kind of holding teams to before the past two games. But but to be fair, you do have a team that's on the board. really bad in the red zone. I mean, the team that can't score points. I think personally, you know, I, I'm not a panic button hitter. Uh, but we should hit the panic button. But I button. think the Vikings fans should hit the damn panic button because your quarterback's <laughs> going to get injured any day now. Uh, the Eagles showed everybody how to beat the Vikings. The Bear, If the Bears can learn from it and do it, there's something wrong here. The Bears are not a good team. I can say that as a fan of the Bears. They're not guys, a good team. You guys got a better performance out of Leonard Floyd, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Pernell McPhee came back. Uh, so that's definitely good. But now every team just goes, oh, okay, we just need to go at him because the Vikings are one of the worst running teams, which makes no sense because it's the Vikings. We're just not used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we don't have AP. Yeah, but even when he had him, he wasn't that good. 
uh, this season. Yeah, this this season. Let's not say anything about past seasons that we might regret, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to see. I, I think what's most interesting to me, uh, I feel bad for any Lions fans that are like, oh, we're talking about the NFC North. Because I don't think the Lions are going to be talked about very much. I but think we can win next week. The most interesting we're thing to me Lions. is really the, the <laughs> conversation at the top of Vikings are cooling down, Packers are getting high. Mm-hmm. Everyone expected the Vikings to walk away with the division, and now it kind of seems like, you know, Packers are going to come back and do what the Packers always do. They're going to go and take it. The only thing that, and I want to just put this in, and then TK, I'll let you talk about the Packers because I know we haven't talked about them at all yet this discussion. The only thing about the Vikings that gives me a little bit of hope is before that Dallas game, we see the Lions twice, a struggling Cardinal team, which is going to be without the Honey Badger, and then a Redskin team, which which Redskin team are we going to get? Redskin, yeah, that's that's which one are we? They're such get, a mystery. Yeah, are we going to get the one that uh, kind of played a tough game but tied? Or are we going to get the one that uh, dominates a team and do you like that? But I am definitely, and this is where I throw it over to UTK for the Packers. I'm kind of scared that uh, the Packers are going to take it, and then that cr- around Christmas Day matchup we lose in Lambeau. You know, that's that's something that. It happens every year. You know, Mike McCarthy football teams, they tend to start out slow. I think, you know, ever since Aaron Rodgers has been there, there's only been one season where we've really started out hot at the beginning of the season, and it was the year after we won the Super Bowl. And then what happened is we kind of cooled off as as the rest of the season went on. And, And Mike McCarthy, his philosophy is we start out slow, we build, we get better every single day, every single week. And, you know, we try to make sure that we're peaking at the right time. And, and that's what most most good coaches want to do. But he kind of takes it to a whole nother, nother level where you'll see the Packers notoriously at the beginning of seasons. They'll, they'll start out really slow because they're kind of moving into the season that way. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's happened the last few years where, you know, they've really, they've, they've done that. And then everybody's like, oh, crap, what's happening? You know, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. This is supposed to be, you know, our year. And, and you know, it happens. And so as a true Packers fan, when that happens, you just kind of take a seat back and you're like, yeah, we kind of expected it as a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about, the Packers that, that maybe a lot of people out there don't know is that, you know, their, their offense is based on timing. So their receivers have to get in and out of routes and get good separation. So Aaron Rodgers has trust and comfort in the timing that they have in their routes. And last year, 2015, Edgar Bennett was their wide receivers coach. And, you know, they were firing on all cylinders and then they moved him to offensive coordinator in 2015. As soon as they moved him to offensive coordinator, the wide receiver play has been suspect. And Aaron Rodgers at at one point, even last year said, Hey, you know, my receivers aren't getting enough separation. They're not getting out of the breaks the way that they're supposed to be. And I think that's been part of, part of the keys of why they start out slow or maybe why their offense doesn't look very good at times. And what I'm thinking, this is all speculation, of course, but I'm I'm thinking that, you know, McCarthy took over the offensive play calling Edgar Bennett is still the offensive coordinator, but I think 
he has kind of went away from that play calling and I think he's getting a little bit more hands-on with that wide receiver crew and you can see it over the last few weeks how they've gotten separation they're playing a lot better uh the ball is coming out of Aaron Rodgers' hands quickly you know if 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 their offense is playing well and they're playing the way that they want to play his it needs to get out of his hands within three to five seconds there there's times where you would see clips of him at the beginning of the season where he was holding it five, six, seven, even eight seconds where he's running around back there. And that's just not their offense. So, so I think they have some things figured out there. And I think it has to do with, with that coaching staff and maybe rearranging it a little bit. Um, but that's just kind of, you know, looking outside in. Well, and the one thing that I look at with your schedule and actually, you know how I said, I'm a little nervous. I'm not as nervous as I was, but I'm still like over 50% nervous just being who I am. The one saving grace, me as a Vikings fan looking in, that the Packers are going to have to go through, and maybe they win all three of these games and tell me to go fuck myself, but maybe they don't. (laughs) Um, Your next three games are winnable. Indy, Tennessee, Washington on the road, kind of like the same thing with the Vikings. What Redskin team are you going to see? It's after that, week 12, 13, and 14, you see a Philly team in Philly that I'm hoping that, hey, they beat us, maybe they can beat you guys. Then week 13, yeah, you play the Texans, you play Brock, who hasn't been that good, but you're playing um, uh, you're playing them at home. I thought you were playing them in Houston. You can win that game. But then it's that Seattle game, where Seattle is the tougher of the NFC West teams, and with me, it's... Usually you wouldn't want to play either the Cardinals or the Seahawks, but I'll take the Cardinals over the Seahawks right now. I will play them and let you guys have Seattle, even if it's in Lambeau. It's those three games that I have to pray that you guys go 0-3 because it looks like you might go 3-0, and 2-1, and and then I would need an 0-3 from that before you finish out with division, division, division to end the season. Yeah, and and I, you know, I agree with you on a lot of points there. I think actually, I think we go to Washington and lose. We we just don't do well on the road on natural grass. I mean, we're just unless unless we can get Eddie Lacy back by then. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, I'm not too familiar on on his situation and what it what it looks like in terms of of you know his probability. But if we can get him healthy and get a good stout running game before. We play Washington. That's that's going to be the only only way we win that game. And then, of course, with Seattle again, we're going to have to have some sort of some sort of running attack. And that's where we go back to, you know, where I said they were losers um, in terms of of you know the the trade deadline because, you know, we talk about the timing of their offense and and you mentioned it at the, at the beginning of the podcast where. You know, the year that they won the Super Bowl, they had a good good running game. They they need that running game to play off that and and make sure that their timing is is good with with the receivers. And then again, that receivers getting separation. If you have a good running game, you know the the defensive backs and the linebackers have to be aware of of that running game. So that gives them a little bit of an advantage coming off those breaks. Um, but yeah, I agree with you 100%. But I think. I mean, if you look at it as a whole, the way that all the teams are playing right now, I think you got to give. I think you got to. I'm a little biased, but you got to give. I think you got to give the edge right now to the Packers. 
Yeah, I think that the Packers, uh, their their schedule scares me a little bit at the end. I think it's going to be tough. Um, and and the big mystery in the division is the Detroit Lions because we know the Bears aren't that great. Uh, we know that the the Vikings and well, we know the Packers are good. We don't. Really, I guess we don't know what the Vikings are anymore. Uh, we're still good. We're yeah, still wild card good. I yeah, hope they're they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be okay. One of the worst rushing attack in the league. <laughs> one of the worst passing attacks in the league. You know, but that the, defense is nice. The Lions are my team that I'm kind of grabbing hope for that mm-hmm. they could make my prediction of three playoff teams from the NFC North still viable. That means they're going to beat you guys probably twice though. Not twice. I mean, uh, we could split, and they could still make the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, I think that's the scary thing for for Vikings fans too. Mm-hmm. Is you got to play Detroit twice. Detroit's already lost once to Green Bay and Chicago. Uh, they want to, if they have any hope of getting into the playoffs, they got to win more division games. And unfortunately for for the Vikings, they got two more division games against the Lions. Uh, so you really gotta you really gotta win this one, uh, the home one. For the Vikings, they got to win that home game that's coming up this week uh, against against the Lions. But for me, I think that you know Lions are maybe going to make a splash or two uh, to impact some of the wild card situation uh, in this division. But Bears aren't going to be that great, mm-hmm. even if the Bears were to kind of turn things around a little bit, start winning a few more games. They're still probably a top ten draft pick team. You know, they've got two, three games that should be pretty safe to win but you know it's a two and six team i don't think anything is safe at this point it's just nice to have jay cutler because as much as brian hoyer was doing a good job he's serviceable jay cutler can at least win you some games um and with the defense getting better great but really comes down to the packers and the vikings you know uh, the one thing i do want to say about the bears though is Mm -hmm. much like last year we beat the packers once so that's good enough. That's like winning a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Beat the Vikings like winning a Super Bowl. We're all right. And that's the one thing I kind of wanted to bring up. We had mm-hmm. a Twitter follower of ours, um, Tyler, who's a Bronco fan. He's been giving me shit all year every time the Broncos win a game. But he actually gave me shit um, yesterday during the Monday night game. And all he said was, at Ricky Woodmer, damn, hashtag Skull Vikes. And then the cry laugh emoji. And... I just want to tell everyone, and I told this to Tyler on Twitter, I did say at the beginning of the season that we would probably split with the Bears because we always do. Yeah, you thought the Bears were a lot better in the offseason. You had them going I to the playoffs. I thought they were 10-6, and six, but yeah. I, we still do split with the Bears. The one thing I want to ask Bear fans, and this is just goes out to you guys listening, do you guys want to win the next four games? Like, those are four <laughs> winnable games. Do you want to win those games, go maybe 10-6 and six, or 6-10? Six and 10? And then it's like, well, crap, we got a uh, middle-of-the-pack mm-hmm. uh, draft pick again. Yeah. I think if it yep. if that's the thing that saves the coaching staff, I think I'm okay with it. Because I, I do firmly believe the coaching staff needs another year. Are you are you the guy jumping on Dahl Loggins' bandwagon because he had one no, good pl- game plan? I, I'm not he just one week jump on game his, plan and- his bandwagon. I mean, I don't think he's terrible. I just think that John Fox in general, is too conservative of a coach. And he's going to, of course, buy into that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whatever in that point. I just think that the whole organization, you know, this is only the second year. Let's not be Cleveland, all right? Let's <laughs> allow the team to develop and try and employ their strategies. But uh, 
that's going to do it for the on. Is there anything in this NFC North? I should ask you guys, like I asked numerous times already. Is there anything that we missed in this NFC North discussion? I'll I'll, I'll take a I, I you know this is hard for me to say as a Packers fan mm-hmm. and my my blood is kind of boiling and I feel like I'm going to throw up in my mouth a little bit. But um, I I think as a Vikings fan, don't don't be worried about one game against the bears. They, they came out, color came back. It was kind of one of those, you know, anomalies where, you know, he had something to prove. He came back, you know, like Mark said earlier in the podcast, he, he just kind of played with a, a free spirit. Don't worry. Jay color will come back around. He'll start, he'll start being a little bit more tense and, and, and those, those types of things. And I think Sam Bradford has enough confidence moving forward here that that he can kind of carry the team to a few to a few more wins. I, I really do. I hope you're right, TK, because to me as a fan, and this is me as a fan, and I blame the Cubs for it. Who right now, as we're recording this podcast, thank God they're up seven to two in the bottom of the sixth, or else I'd be freaking out. But I'm the kind of Cub fan where it's like lose game one, end of the world. Win game two, top cloud nine. We lose again, end of the world. And it's just no in-between. It's just up and down, especially after two losses to both the Eagles and now the Bears. And now it seems like the world is falling after so many wins back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, I think. Yeah, that was five of them. had to double-check myself there. But that's going to do it for the onside kick. Before I do my normal spiel, i got to give a special thanks. TK, thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking some football with us this evening. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for definitely thanks for having me on and, and uh let's do it again. Yeah, I'd love to do it again. And before you go, before I wrap everything up, pitch your podcast one more time for everybody. Yeah, that's I Need a Mulligan. Uh, website is I need a mulligan.co. You can go on there. We have an about page. It'll tell you tell you what we talk about. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher right there. Listen to the podcast on the website. We also have some sponsors, Sharp Link, and on it that you can kind of take a, take a look at and uh, go check it out. Yeah, you guys should definitely go check out that. I'll leave a description down below or the link in the description down below for you guys. That's going to do it for the onside kick, though. As on our end, as I pitch every single time at the end of the show, go check out. Our Patreon pa- Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. If you're wondering, well, I know we can't see TK because he's over the phone, but Ricky, Mark, we want to see your beautiful faces, especially on the YouTube channel. Go check out the Patreon page. Look at our rewards. Every little bit helps to eventually get us the capabilities so that we can do a video podcast each and every week for every single podcast here on MVP. You can go follow us on Twitter. Those are down below in the description. And most importantly, let us know what you think. Join the discussion in the comment section right down below. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Onside Kick this week. Mark and I will be back next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.